Need a fresh new haircut? Check out The Shop, located in Lehigh Acres, Florida. That's The Shop, D-A-S-H-O-P. Check them out on Google. of The Real Paw Show, where artists share their heart about their passion for what they do. Take a moment to look over the episode's description to familiarize yourself with available links as they will be mentioned throughout the podcast. And now, here's your host, Paul Weiss. Hey y'all, and welcome to another episode of The Real Paul Show. I'm your host, Paul. And today we're going to be having Eddie Lamb from Canada on the show. He's going to tell us about his music career that he has really just been into music since he was at a very young age. And he does a lot of good work with the community in music. And his heart is in music being a community connection so take a listen to this show enjoy it but before we get into that i just want to take a moment to thank some people first of all i want to thank you for being here and listening i know that it takes a little bit of time to listen but it shows me that you have the same passion that i do in music and that makes me so happy that you're here secondly i would love to thank my buddy and friend and brother Scotty DeYoung for giving me some pointers on podcasting and I appreciate him coming alongside and helping kind of coach my way on on my podcast. He is an announcer for the races. He goes to various tracks and does the announcing from the announcer's booth and he also has a podcast called The Announcer's Booth Podcast. It's awesome. It's very cool. You go there, you listen to it, and if you don't know anything about racing, you will learn. If you do know something about racing, you will love it because he's so passionate about his racing. I want you to check him out. Again, that's The Announcer's Booth Podcast. And thirdly, I would like to thank The Shop for contributing to this show. Also, I would like to thank Anchor for being there for me and allowing me to use their service to release these podcasts. So without any further ado, here is Eddie Lamb. Eddie, I turn this over to you. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, everybody. My name is Eddie Lamb. I am a Vancouver Canadian-based musician, uh, educator, uh, singer-songwriter, musical composer, all that crazy stuff. I'm also an online personality on TikTok and YouTube and Twitch. And it's great to be playing music to all you beautiful people out there. Wow, my friend. It sounds like you are a very busy man with a lot of things that you do. So the very first question that I like to open up this interview with is what drew you to music? What affected you deep inside for the first time? So the first time I ever got into listening to music, as far as I can remember, I remember having this old cassette tape 
that had a bunch of songs compiled together. So my parents had these mixtapes, and one of the first memorable songs that I that I could uh, recall was Michael Jackson. Beat It was on that tape. And so I'd be listening to that constantly because we all know it's a very catchy song. It's one of one of Michael Jackson's early hits that 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 exploded across uh, the world and it's just a guitar riff you know the guitar riff michael jackson's aggressive vocals and of course eddie van halen's infamous solo in the middle of that song too who could ever forget that but of course giving credit words due one of the guys from toto did that opening riff of that mm. song as well so you have two superstars that collaborated on michael jackson's beat it and of course, uh, being a kid as well, growing up, uh, knowing that there has been a good collection of vinyls in my parents' uh, living room. Wait, one of the, one of the cool ones. If you guys enjoyed this uh, movie growing up, the first Ghostbusters soundtrack was on there. We had the Ghostbusters soundtrack on vinyl, and of course, that was everyone's favorite uh, theme song. With me growing up as a kid, watching the Ghostbusters cartoon religiously. Who could ever forget that theme song? So, of course, that that's how I got into listening to music, as far as I can remember. But playing music was such a very different ball game itself. So my sisters took piano lessons. Two, I got two older sisters, so they took piano lessons. And when I saw them play the recital, I was like, wow, this is actually so much fun. I know they must be nervous, as, as but I actually want to do this, too. I, I want to try this out and see if it's something I can get into. So I asked my parents if I could take piano lessons, and they said, yeah, why not? Let's give it a shot. And that was the best decision I've ever made. Usually with most Asian parents, they always, you know, kind of force their kids into uh, playing piano. But for me, this was all by choice. It was all my own personal decision, my desire to want to play music. And I'm so glad I did that because uh, my piano teacher, actually, she was one of the most strict piano teachers. But... She was a, a very helpful one at that, too. So it's not like, you know, she's going to scare you kind of deal. But when she knows there's something you need to work on, she's going to point that out. And she always makes sure that you do a good job at it. And I think this is the, the kind of encouragement I feel that every music student needs. In order to, if their goal is to do better at their instrument, this is the kind of training that they, that they do need, you know, just to know. Uh, what are some things to overcome? That way, it's not a barrier. It's going to be something you enjoy doing more and, rather than being a challenge every time. Okay, Eddie, we'll continue this conversation right after the break. If you enjoyed what you heard here, please consider supporting the podcast with a monthly contribution. To contribute, just click the link in the description of this episode. Or visit The Real Paul Show on Anchor FM. You were trained on the piano first. That's right. And do you play anything else? Yes. So later on in life, uh, believe it or not, I started taking violin lessons uh, when I was 10. Uh, it was only just for a few years. But of course, you know, violin was, was had its moments with me. But when I got into high school, I fell in love with the guitar and the bass and the drums because I grew up listening to heavy music, too. Right. So I was into like 
Guns N' Roses. I was into Nirvana, right? I was into Smashing Pumpkins, uh, Weezer, you know, early Soundgarden, all that kind of stuff, right? And that's what got me wanting to play electric guitar more. But I think the one movie that got me into wanting to play rock for short that hooked me in when I was 10 years old, 11 years old, was Wayne's World. Because you see Tia Carrera as a character, right? She was in the band called Crucial Time, right? And uh-huh. the opening scene when they introduced her was watching her play at a nightclub in Chicago, right? And here she is rocking it out in front of this big audience. I'm just like, man, this looks like something I want to be at when I become an adult. And I know that her character is of Chinese descent, but of course in real life she's not. But it still had this really cool, awesome influence on me knowing that, hey, it's cool to see like other Asian characters, other Asian people uh, getting into heavy rock music, you know, not just because I know at least, you know, with my parents' generation, it's always you know, about the Beatles, right? The Rolling Stones and all right, that. Yeah. But I mean, for me, like seeing something a little more edgier than that, always big props to the Beatles and all those classic rock artists, right? Big props mm-hmm. to them. Great people, great music. But I always love something on the edgier side, too, right? So something like what they did on Wayne's World, <laughs> that that's kind of my kind of scene, too. And yeah, so as a teenager, you know, it's, it's cool to really, you know, get more into that, right? Although the weird thing is, though, because I was in high school band, of course, I didn't have access to a guitar yet, right? Didn't have access to playing drums yet. So the only instrument that was available that they had room for was the clarinet. So I had to play the clarinet. Uh, in high school band. But it's still a great instrument that I give so much respect for, too, right? Yeah. But, of course, uh, when it came to guitar and drums, that was through the uh, School of Hard Knocks because I right. had no formal training with, with those instruments whatsoever. So that I just kind of learned on my own. Uh, but I also just learned some tips from other friends uh, here and there. Um, but before you know it, all it took was uh, some good practicing and then uh, when I turned 18, I, <laughs> uh, a couple of my high school friends and I, we were just in, in a band together. I didn't get anywhere, of course, but, you know, it was just like a, a interesting, fun experience to know what it's like to play in a group and, you know, just writing our own stuff, uh, even though it sounded ridiculous as hell. But it, it's still a fun time regardless. Exactly. And it's all about fun. It's all about just being in the moment. It is. Oh, definitely. What does music do for you? Deep inside, what does it do for you? Well, honestly, a few things, but I think there was a common theme to it. What it does for me, it it entertains me, first of all, right? It, it entertains me. When you think about your favorite artists, you think about the songs they've written, the songs they composed, and the ones you're so drawn to, I can honestly say the songs that I'm drawn to, I'm sure so much blood, sweat, and tears goes into the stuff I enjoy. Of course, not just the artists, but the producers, the audio engineers who are going behind the scenes with all that stuff too but when you recognize the effort and it's hooked you in somehow that's the magic it brings and that is something that it just entertains you so much that if you play that song over and over again there's something to be said about that song so that's the one thing it does you know so with me as a listener it brings me in and brings that some sort of indirect connection with me and the artist of the songs So that's one thing it does for me as a listener. Now, with me as someone who performs music, I think what it does for me is that the same thing back to people who who watch me play. It makes it helps me connect with the audience as well. You know, when I play live, uh, whether it's open mic night or if it's a jam night or if I'm playing an actual gig, even if one person comes up to me and said they they've enjoyed what I did, I think it's totally worth it. And that one for sure but i think what music also does for me too is that it really defined a good majority of who i am as an individual and that 
part of it is bringing people together. Because one of the things I love to do besides playing music with my bands, because I got a few bands, right? So that's why I say bands. (laughs) I just love to put on shows myself, too. I love organizing things. Nothing on a very, very, very large scale. Not like a festival or anything like that, but... But say you know, like I just book a venue. I get like a few bands besides my band on on the bill, and you know we just have one all the time. Um, and and so what all these things I've I've listed these factors uh, is they all relate to the common theme of community, and that's what I truly am all about when it comes to live music. Because you know, oftentimes, I mean. Of course, you know, everyone always has that dream of being the big rock star, of course, right? I mean, you know, right. I mean, I've had, of course, I had my fair share of experiences where I've played a very large scale show for sure, green room and everything like that, right? You know, I've had that rock star treatment before. Um, although, you know, mine's very minimal compared to some big stars who do this every day. Uh, but, uh, but even then, you know, I if I was ever at that big multi-million dollar level, you know, I think I still would want to do something to just bring people together, you know, empower other musicians to, you know, who may, nobody may not know about. And this is only because I just love to get to know people, uh, just get to just like hear everybody else's story, right? Like what's their musical journey like? And I think uh, the community part of things is what really does uh, excite me a lot, too. Going back to, you know, how, how even like um, from humble beginnings too, uh, with me, like I went to open mic nights religiously, right? I've mm-hmm. been to jam nights religiously too. Those open mic jam nights have been the most fun moments of my life too, uh, even starting from when I turned 19. Legal age is 19 in Canada, just so you guys know, uh, to, to go to bars and stuff. Um, but I started going to open mics and jams when I was 19, and it opened this whole big world for me of exploring different kinds of jam night so i went to blues jams when i was 19 you know and i didn't have too many backgrounds in blues right but for some reason i was able to figure that out uh but then i, I also did open mic nights uh just to play other genres that are that's not blues uh but uh when i discovered other jam nights uh, of different genres it was another level of fun for myself too you know like just going on drums support other people back up people on bass or guitar or piano or you know of course i lead sets as well i lead my own set at those jam nights but this is another thing that has brought another sense of community right i made a lot of friends because of the local music scene uh, of those kinds of events Uh, especially with the open mic nights man you get to meet all different kinds of characters uh, different kinds of songwriters too so that's the fun part um, because i remember making like if i if if you look at a lot of the the guests that came to my wedding when my wife and i got married a big chunk of them are from the music scene actually um and so Actually, there's two people who have actually influenced me on the community side of things, too, for local music in Vancouver. One of them is my singing teacher. She is an amazing human being. For quite a long time, she actually owned a local live music restaurant. So it would be like jazz music every night. You know, she, and she So her husband would be playing piano. She'd be singing a bunch of songs. But then she always opens the mic to anybody that wants to come up. Even if you're not the best singer, she, she welcomes people to, to, to sing along anyways, right? So that's how lovely uh, she is for, for doing such a thing. Uh, the other person, too, who... I think is a great influence and uh, has emphasized on community uh, is actually one of my old music teachers. It was my old theory teacher. Uh, him and his wife are both music teachers professionally. And when I went to watch their recitals, I wanted to see what new skills that uh, they both passed on to new generations. And it's really cool because they teach people of all different ages, including not just you know people as young as kindergarten, but I think my theory teacher's wife actually also taught this one senior citizen who was like 
I think now he's probably now in his 80s. And so he's 80-something years old, plays the ukulele and sings in public for the first time. And he is like, I remember going to the mic, he's like, um, uh, just so you know, you know, I, I'm 80-something years old, and this is my first time performing in public. And everybody just fell in love with him like you wouldn't believe it. You know, and uh, after he finished his song, everyone clapped for him. And it was just it was just so beautiful seeing a moment like that. And again, this, uh, I think what really uh, made me so happy about that experience was just because this is a community, and this is how we should be treating each other, uh, regardless of how ugly the, the mainstream music industry can be. But it's just moments like that that makes me want to bring that influence out to the rest of the world. Okay, it's that time again. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Music is straight from the heart. It's raw. It's real. Yeah. When it's when it's real, it's real, you know. Yeah. And I think that that is a key element to the, the whole bringing a community together is to open up. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and share your heart mm. and i mean i think music is probably one of the most beautiful ways to share your heart you know mm-hmm. exactly and, and the more i do these podcasts the more i'm getting people on the show that they're playing music that is not necessarily particularly in the genre that i would choose mm. but as i'm listening to these people after i've talked to them and everything it's like i hear the heart I hear mm-hmm. the heart and, and the music is becoming beautiful to me. And I'm really getting excited about this. You were actually my third podcast of this year of interviews. And I still haven't had a, an American interview yet this year. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually kind of excited about that too. It's like, it's yeah. just going beyond what I expected. Right. And, and with, with the music, though, it's like what I like to say, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Music says what words cannot, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's where, like, the introvert, when he goes to something like that and he hears the heart of somebody, I think it helps to start cracking that heart open. Yeah, exactly. Um, I couldn't agree more. I There was somebody I once knew that, that said something like this on, on Facebook. You know, he said that. Uh, music is all about making connections uh not you know we're not just you know we're not talking about like corporate sponsorships or anything big like that but it's all about people who enjoy the music that you've written that's real connection right there um but even if you are playing in a cover band uh, like i have too for numerous years even if, if they like you because it's the way you played the songs that's still a connection in my opinion as well right yeah for sure because everybody leaves their fingerprint on whatever it is they play. I mean, yeah. it doesn't have to be their own song, but when they play it, they make it their own. Are you independent? Or yes. are you Okay, you're Yeah, so I'm a strictly independent, uh, not signed to any label whatsoever. And then the only reason why I say this is because uh, I'm really proud to say I'm independent because, you know, of course, you know, when we're all little kids, we always watch what's happening on MTV or I guess in Canada, much music. That's our MTV, basically. But uh, whenever you see all these music videos of your favorite stars and you watch all the interviews and all that, no one really knows. When you're a kid, you don't know what goes behind closed doors, right? Anyone who's not in the industry 
uh, don't they don't understand what goes behind closed doors. But then when you start learning so much uh, that there's just a lot of complicated situations in the business side of things that can get pretty ugly. And of course, I don't want to get into that. But I've been hearing you know story after story after story from uh, various artists, uh, even uh, people I know personally, people know who are locally here in Vancouver. And even Dick Dale said himself, you know, um, the late, great Dick Dale, the, if you guys don't know, he's the one that wrote the theme song to Pulp Fiction. <laughs> okay. most, one of the most iconic theme songs. Uh, he um, Even he uh, said to himself to, you know, don't sign with a label and it's better to be independent because uh, you have the rights to your music. Uh, you don't have to go through any uh, complicated business uh, barriers that, that will prevent you from, you know, having all the earnings that you've should fully deserve because this is your art this is your legacy and so he he gave he gave a tip on on that one interview on youtube uh where he talked about how it's important for artists to get themselves out there um personally too right um how learning how to market um but learning how to be a good well-grounded business people themselves too and it's true it is very true that you know if you're going to be independent you gotta think you do have to think like a business person but um of course you know do it in a way where you know it's you, you still resonate who you are and but also knowing knowing your worth at the same time because okay. uh, you know the, the reality is is that a lot of artists do unfortunately get take this, taken uh, disadvantage of and it, it is very sad to see that and then when you hear stories about lawsuits happening one after another and yeah it's just it's just so terrible because that's one of the things that does drive me insane is that something that's so beautiful which that, that is music the business side has perverted that in the, the mainstream industry where a lot of things can go sideways. But knowing the fact that, you know, with me being independent, it's like, yeah, you know, I may not be doing a whole multi-million dollar uh, <laughs> lifestyle, but at least I can appreciate that, you know, my, my art, my legacy is preserved under my name because this this is something I've created myself. And... And same thing, you know, how I respect other independent artists, you know, like my local friends, too. I'm thinking, you know what, despite that, maybe they're not big time millionaires themselves, too. But you know what? I know when I hear their music, I give credit where it's due. This is their amazing art piece. This is their uh, beautiful legacy that uh, that they have that they printed on uh, on this town, in this town, you know. And it's great to know that for me, I, I like to support independent artists who are in the same boat as the rest of us are and i'm really and i'm so glad about that too because when i connect with other local musicians i know that i'm not alone right right i feel the same way about that like whenever i my first release was last year right on. i i had been writing that for so many years and i say writing loosely because i do not read or write music i yeah I'm dyslexic. I think I'm ADHD. I don't want to go get tested because I don't want to know. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, the the song that I wrote was Broken Resolution, and it was out of like pain and suffering and sorrow and all this yeah. stuff over the years that I just right. sat down and wrote it. And I yeah. felt like when it was time to release it last year, I didn't really want to at first because that just felt so personal. But when i did i felt good about it and then it's like that song was my baby you know mm -hmm. um, and with any song that i write and release it's my baby yeah and to 
think of signing on with a label with somebody else having rights. It's like, I don't want to put my baby up for adoption. You know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's just that's kind of how I felt like at the very beginning. I, and I, I did talk to some other musician friends and they were independent. They hadn't even yeah. looked at going the other route. Hmm. And they told me, you know, their reasons for it. And I was like, well, that's cool. And then I learned about yeah. Distro Kid. <laughs> yeah, because you were saying like, uh, like, because uh, like the whole thing, like, like putting your song up for adoption. I'm just like. Yeah, that's uh, that's how I would feel too. But I'm just thinking, like, that's the thing because if I ever had that chance, like, if the big tycoons were to contact me about what to do with my song, I think the only thing I would just request is, well, if you have enough uh, in your budget to, you know, push it out there in the media and just keep it the way the song is, I'd be cool with that. <laughs> you know, but right, that's right. it. But to uh, do something with the song itself, mm, we could talk, but but it yeah. needs to kind of go both ways. You know what I mean? Yeah, that sounds a lot like what Natalie said. She's like, there would have to be some major uh, negotiation. Exactly. Okay, it's time to take one more quick break. This time, it's for you guys. Listen up to this next segment if you want to be part of the show. If you'd like to record a question or comment to possibly be aired on a future podcast, just click the message link in the description of this episode or visit the Real Paul Show podcast on Anchor FM. So, okay, it sounds like with what you're doing now, you have yourself pretty well situated. Is there a direction that you would like to go with your music for the future? Is there something more that you would want to do? Yeah, for sure. Back in 2019, summer 2019 specifically, I think uh, I've been on, on the right path. I would say even going back to 2018, 2018, 2019, it's been quite the interesting path because uh, I feel like I've started working my way up in the live performance side of things. I've been playing more local outdoor festivals, block parties, you name it. And I felt like I wanted to do more of that. Like I felt like I was finally at that point of my life where I can do outdoor festivals because, you know, I love performing, but I thought it would be a cool experience just to, you know, perform at a bigger scale, uh, at least just to say I've done it and just be able to gain my following a lot more. And it's been such a great experience uh, doing that for those last few years. When 2020 hit, I had no idea what to say at the time. Just like, oof, like this is this is such a, a big uh, a big blow to the live music scene locally. And I didn't know what to do, but observing what other people have done, everybody went virtual. And so that's what I did. Um, so I finally decided to make use of TikTok. I made use of uh, Twitch, made use of YouTube. And uh, so what I did with my YouTube channel is that I would just do like very unique covers of popular songs. And I just put it out there. You know, I didn't expect like millions of views to have, for it to happen, but I just needed some sort of outlet just to be able to showcase that I'm still active <laughs> uh, playing music despite uh, lockdown life. And but the great thing about that, though, is uh, when, when I started utilizing TikTok a lot more, one of the videos that I posted that started getting such a huge following was my music lessons. I Because of, of my years of experience playing cover bands and, and understanding the premise of TikTok, TikTok's premise was, when I initially used it, is you have one minute max to create a video. 
Mm-hmm. Right? And so it's not like yeah. it's not like YouTube where there's infinite amounts of minutes for yourself, right? But um, but with yeah. TikTok, it, you're only limited to one minute. So what can you do? So I figured, hey, wouldn't it be a great idea if uh, using my ex- years of experience playing cover bands to teach people how to play songs that don't take a lot of chords to play? And you can do it in just under one minute. And I don't have to do anything, you know, in full details. All I teach people on my videos is what chords to hit. Uh, as long as you're hitting that, that's the meat of the, the song. So here's these chords, uh, and that's all you have to do, and that's the whole song. And that was it. And hmm. I had no idea that was going to gain me a lot of followers on TikTok. And so each video I, I posted uh, in summer of 2020, it started getting more attention. And then before you know it, I started getting all these you know, thousands of followers and I was able to do a live stream as well because after, the way TikTok works is that when you gain a certain amount of followers, which is 1,000 followers to be exact, you can do live stream and uh, you can talk to your talk to strangers and, and your audiences. And mm-hmm. uh, and the more videos I posted, the, the more followers I, I started gaining because these were really helpful lessons because, you know, everyone's in quarantine at that time and they need something to do. Right. Of course, there's a lot of guitar players. Uh, they want to build their portfolio as well. So that's why I create these videos. So I'm like, OK, well, how about this song? You can learn this one in under one minute. And. I get a lot of comments from people saying, wow, this has been really helpful. Thanks for teaching us how to do this song, that kind of deal. So I thought that was that was a lot of fun. And now, yeah, so my account has now 42,000 plus followers and still growing. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I, I just couldn't believe it. Like. Uh, but like for me, like I, I, I'm the type of person that wants to celebrate progress, right? You know, um, like mm-hmm. of course, you know, I'm not, I'm not like, uh, like you know, Vancouver's very own Call Me Chris. Uh, I'm not like her, you know, who gained millions in just a short matter of time. I mean, with hers is a different beast itself too, right? Um, but for me, yeah. uh, because music lessons is such a different market itself, it's, it's, you know, it's something that's a little bit, you know, that it, it grows at a different rate, obviously. But there's still a market for it, and so I was really happy uh, knowing that. Not only you know, did I gain such such a good amount of following, but I really felt like I've created like this really cool community of musicians who just want to uh, learn songs and and so what I do on my live streams, I I do a few different things, right? So I'd be either playing piano, I'd be playing guitar, or maybe I'm doing music Q and A. And for a little while, actually last year, I did a, like a, a little podcast um, each week called Music Talk Mondays, and that's where I broadcast on YouTube, Twitch, and TikTok, uh, and I just do like a topic in the first half of the show and then the second half is opening Q&A from the audience and the opening Q&A part is, was really engaging for me and so people ask me all these different music questions right like um, I ask them too like you know what your favorite album is uh, what instrument do you play um, well I guess that goes back to the whole whole thing of what I said about the theme of community right mm-hmm. and it still um, circles back to what I've done locally but now I'm doing this on a more international virtual scale which I still can't believe it's crazy because I'm talking to people from different parts of earth you know like people from uh, right. A good chunk of them are from the states. A lot of my followers are from, from, from the states in, on TikTok, uh, but I do got, I do have some from Ireland, um, some from London, a few from Australia. I, I got some from Asia as well, and it's been such a really fun experience. But I think the one that really made me miss playing live, though, is on my TikTok. As you can see, I would do piano videos because um, you can use a duet feature. And you can sing along to my piano videos, right? So that's the cool feature TikTok had. It would be like my piano karaoke segment, basically. That's what I call it, right? And 
I would see all these people used to use a duet feature and sing along to my piano videos and so beautiful seeing that kind of stuff. But that made me miss uh, doing live music because prior to uh, to the pandemic, uh, my cover band and I, we were hosting live band karaoke night. And that was when we can get people to come up on stage and sing with the band. And that was, you know, the next level to karaoke, right? Now you're actually having that rock star experience and you get to know what it's like to be right. a musician, you know, be a lead singer of a band. And we did that for the longest time for weddings, corporate parties, conferences, you name it, we've done it, right? Um, backyard parties, too. <laughs> uh, and then I did a spinoff of that, uh, which was piano karaoke night. And I had so much fun with that one, too, because that was another uh, a great event that brought people together. You know, everyone had a great time. And, and for that one, I did the hosting, and I was the host and piano man for that one. And so it's almost like that experience. Like Think like Vegas-style dueling pianos meets karaoke. So that's what it kind of <laughs> feels like, right? That's piano karaoke. Um, but bringing that to TikTok, it was so cool to um, touch base on that on a more international scale. But... It still made me miss doing that kind of stuff live, and and mm-hmm. this is where I was so, you know, I was so sad to miss playing live music in front of people. But uh, I know that in August of 2021, I finally had my first outdoor show back after such a long time. Uh, a friend of mine was hosting an outdoor shindig because um, um, here in Vancouver, our, uh, we can do uh, outdoor outdoor events. Uh, so it's still you know, it, so that's still doable, right? Because Yes, because like my friend needed some uh, acts to to play, and so he asked me, and I said, "Yeah, why not?" So right. uh, we had a very okay. If, if if I could explain to you the set list, you'll get a clear idea of of what we're talking here, right? So my set list consisted of Queens of the Stone Age, uh, Jimmy Eat World, Kiss, Judas Priest, who else? Uh, Neil Young's uh, Rock in the Free World. Uh, so you mm-hmm. you get that you get the idea of what what kind of music we're talking here. Uh, mm-hmm. And so the minute we did, the minute that we played the Ramones, I want to be sedated. All these kids in the audience, they got a pit going like you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was so much fun. And and even though when we did uh, Rock and Roll All Night by Kiss, uh, all these kids in the audience, uh, they were singing the lyrics to that like you wouldn't believe it. So it feels like you're at a Kiss concert, except it's outdoors uh, in downtown Vancouver. And so the direction that that you want to go at this point is doing more outdoor shindigs. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for listening to this episode. I really appreciate the fact that you're here listening to the same stuff that I am very passionate about. Now, this wraps up this week's episode, but next week we'll continue with Eddie's story. So... I look forward to you joining Eddie and I, and I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of The Real Paul Show. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. And remember, do what you love with no regrets.